If you can turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, it would be fantastic. So this, this week, uh, it's probably been one of my biggest weeks of my ministry career, and just some of the discussions we've had to have, some of the decisions we've had to make. And, and I've realized it's such a spiritual, it's such a spiritual fight that we're in. And um, this off the back of going into one of the home groups on Tuesday, and they're doing a little thing on, on the armor of God. And they said to me, please, can you, can you share some thoughts on the armor of God, and particularly the shield of faith? So we kind of went in, and, and I started looking again at the Ephesians chapter 6, and got really stirred around, actually, I think this is a message that needs to be preached every year to remind us, maybe twice a year, to remind us what we're about and what we're in. And how do we live in this world of a spiritual battle? And how do we win these battles? And so the, the, the title of my, my talk this morning is The Battle We Must All Fight and Win. The Battle We Must All Fight and Win. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm reading verse 10. I'm reading from the NRV. It would be helpful if my Bible was at that place. Uh, sorry, I've been working on my other computer. What's that Ephesians, eh? Yeah. Okay. If you've got the NIV, it says the armor of God. Before I read this, you need to know what's gone before. If you see the first word in the NIV, it says finally, some translations say henceforth. I like henceforth because it kind of conveys a whole lot has been said before. Now going forward, in the future, I need you to understand this. And Ephesians is this incredible book of God telling us who we are in Him. That we've been blessed in the spiritual realms with every spiritual blessing. That Jesus has become the head. God, God put Jesus in place to become the head of all creation. And all things were put into Him so that He would be head of all and be united to, in Him. It's this incredible picture of Jesus and the church. It tells us about the fact that we are, we are dead in our transgressions, but because of the grace of God, we've made, been made alive again. That, we, that God has prepared in advance for us good works for us to do. God has prepared in advance works for us to do. He says, you are the workmanship of God. You are the poema is the Greek word. You are the poem of God. Have you ever thought that I'm a poem to the world? You know, you know um, uh, poetry, creativity, is often established in the extremes of life. Extreme sadness or extreme joy gives birth to these incredible works of art and poetry. You are God's extreme joy and life to the world through your life, which actually you're a workmanship, you're a, you're a, you're a poem, you're a work of art. That actually when God, when people look at you, they think, take me to your leader, who are you? It carries on and it talks about us being one new humanity that in Christ we can find oneness no matter who we are, no matter which political party we vote for, no matter which color or race or culture we're from, we find oneness in Christ. The only, the only organization, it's not an organization, but the only entity on the planet that can find that. The rest of everybody else finds um, commonality in what we do or who we are through race, color, skin, uh, culture, business, socioeconomic bracket, all those sorts of things. What school you went to, now we connect all with all the O's that go to a particular school. 
Now in Christ, because we're united together in him, that's our common, our common denominator is Jesus. And because of Jesus, we can be one new humanity. We can sit together, we can worship together, we can pray for each other, we can care for one another, we can live for one another, we can do all these things and we can fight for one another and we can fight our battles with each other, for one another, not with each other, you know what I mean? He goes on to say in Ephesians 3 that you are God's manifold wisdom. Display, you're a display of God's manifold wisdom to the powers and principalities that Jesus is king. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. Goes on into Ephesians chapter 4 and it talks about how, 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 how we have, we've moved from darkness to light and how, how we actually meant to act and, and towards one another and how we leave grace at the table and we don't, we don't we do, we, what, everything we do is to build one another up. Goes into Ephesians 5 and it talks about marriage and it talks about parenting. It talks about owning slaves and the workplace and it talks about how do we do these things. Those that are keeping filled by the Spirit, he says in Ephesians chapter 5. And submit to one another in love. It's all this, he's, he's told us who we are in Christ and how we to live this life out. Bear with one another in love, he says in Ephesians chapter 4. Bear with one another. We're different. Bear with one another. Bear with one another's difference in love. Why? Because love is what? I'm, I'm going to drum this in over and over again. The best definition of love I know is from Dallas Willard. Is to, the, love is this, to live for the best of another. To live for the best of another. When God says he loves you, he always lives for our best. He died for our best and he lived for our best. When we love one another, it's to always put another ahead of ourselves. It's to live for the big picture. It's to live for one another. So he says, bear with one another in love. You see, you can bear with one another and mm, white knuckle, oh, I can't stand that person. They just so irritate me. But when you say, bear with one another in love, yeah, I do that. They are so different to me, but I want to live for their best. It's not about me. Anyway, he carries on right through this and he gets to this text at the end of chapter six, at the, verse 10. And he's saying, henceforth, now that you know all this, now that you know who you are and whose you are, now that you know what you're meant to be living and how, what this impact is meant to have on your life, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Ephesians 6 verse 10 starts off. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. If you want to protect all that you've got, all that you've been given in me, you've got to be strong in God and in his mighty power. Not strong in yourself, not strong in your own rational thinking, not strong in your own ideas, strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And he goes on in verse 11, and he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, I need to remind you this morning, I'm going to drum this in over, I'm going to say this a few times this morning. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The person that you're unhappy with, that you're fighting with, your struggle is not against them. What is it against then? Well, let's carry on reading. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Wow. So you mean to say the evil that we can see 
is not originated here. It's originated somewhere else. Yes. The biblical worldview, friends, is that we don't, it's not what we see is what we get. We live in a spiritual realm. In fact, it's that realm that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. It's in that realm where we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So what we do is we then try to fight on this level. We try to do battle with this level. We end up fighting with people instead of loving people in the place that we have little authority rather than seated in the place and doing battle from the place that we have all authority with Jesus. So look what it goes and he says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your stand, be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand your ground. So the implication is this, is that if you're not aware, you're gonna not stand your ground. It means you're gonna, be, you're gonna lose ground, you're gonna be pushed back. So the word stand there means to withstand. You've got to be aware of this because you need to withstand something. There's, a, there's something that is going to come against you. And he says, and after you've done everything, to stand. That's a little bit confusing because you're thinking, listen, I thought you wanted me to win a battle. How, how do you win a battle standing? Good question. I'm glad you asked that and we're going to get to it. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Buckle around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the fl flaming arrows of the evil one. Sorry. Take, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Let me finish reading. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Pray also for me and, when, and whenever I speak, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So we get told, now that you've been given everything that you need to be given to be in relationship with Jesus like a son or a daughter, to be effective for him and working in and through you, bringing light to the world where there is darkness, now that you know all of this and, you're and it includes, I love these songs, it includes your families, it includes your marriages, it includes your parenting, it includes every part of your life. This touches every part of your life. You don't have a Sunday life and then the rest of the week life. You have only one life and all of it is in Christ. He says this, now I want you to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And he tells us that we've got a battle, that the enemy has got schemes. The word, the, the, the Greek word there is the word that we get our word methods from. So the devil, the devil has some methods and some schemes to stop you from being who you are called to be. And doing what you are called to do. Can I just say, friends, if you want to count for God in any part of your life, in any, no matter how small it is, 
you're going to fight a spiritual battle. You are, you are born into a fight. We are born to take ground in Christ. We're not born to stay neutral. The difficulty is, what do you mean stand? But it says you've got to stand. What do you mean fighting? Glad you asked that question again. The point is this, friends. You've got this, this battle. There's the enemy fighting. You've got to stand firm. Then he gives you an armor. And this armor is kind of teaching you how to stand firm. And what you must, there's, there's, there's some weapons there. There's some things there. And what he does is he uses the Roman soldier as a tire to help us understand that. Don't get caught up on the breastplate and the, the, it's like over your heart and it's like all allegorical. The big idea is this, is you've got six things that you've got to understand if you want to win this battle. You've got to understand truth. You've got to know what truth is. You've got to understand your righteousness. You've got to know what faith is. You've got to know what um, the gospel is, the gospel of peace. You've got to know these things. You've got to, have a, you've got to understand what salvation means, the helmet. And you've got to, you, the last one is the sword of the Spirit. You've got to know what the sword of the Spirit, the, the Spirit of God is given to us. So those six things, you, we need to know them. We need to have them to win this battle. And then he ends off with prayer. So it's almost like we've got a battle to fight. He ends off with, it's like the, the, the armor of God is bracketed by these two things. Remember you're in a fight. And the way you win the fight is through prayer. That is why standing wins you battles. The way you win this life, this battle, is through prayer. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. All kinds of prayers and requests. Be alert and keep praying. Pray for me that I might proclaim it fearlessly. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly. You see, friends, the way we win our battles in prayer, and, and then when I say prayer, some people say, but you have this idea of prayer where it's a checklist. And we take our list before God and we say, God, friends, prayer is a relational dynamic with the Father. Prayer is a relational dynamic with the Father. And when you have a relational dynamic with the Father, prayer becomes all of your life all the time. Eventually you begin to pray what's on the Father's heart, not even what's your heart. God gives us his list rather than us giving us my, him my list as though he's the guy that must check all my boxes. Friends, we are born into a battle and the way we win that battle is through prayer. So I've got three things that I want to just make sure that we understand from this text. Number one, you have a real enemy. You're born into a battle. I've said that already. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is not people. No matter how evil they are, it's not people. There's a, there's a, it means that there's something behind the people. It means that those people are partnering with something other than the Spirit of God. They're partnering with some other evil entity. When we sin, just so we know, when we sin, what we're doing is we are partnering with something other than God. You're opening yourself to something other than God. That is why we've got to find grace every day and the mercy of God every day. Thank goodness for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me. Because all of us sin all the time. Even if it's not overt, you didn't murder, I didn't murder anybody today. 
Yeah, but you thought badly of somebody today, and Jesus equates the same thing. Do the same thing. We're born into a spiritual battle. It's not if you fight a battle, it's when you fight the battle. It's not even when you fight the battle in your life, it's when you fight it today. And then tomorrow. What do you do? How do you win this battle? He says you've got to make sure that you're resisting, but, you, but ultimately when you've done everything to stand. For you to stand in the midst of a battle, you've got to know that you've been clothed with something that you've been dressed ready for that battle. It means that you are super confident that you're not gonna lose. You're super confident you're not gonna lose. And what he goes on to say is that when you pray, pray from a place of strength. Pray from a place of strength. You know what we do? is we, and I've, many people do this, every morning I get up and I put the armor of God on. That's cool. But the idea is not, it's good to remind yourself of what you have in Christ. But the idea is to live with the armor that you don't have to ever take. You never take it off. You never take this armor off. You never take off this, these, these things. You see, part of this armor is given to us because the battle is intense. And it's amazing that he says there that you, you, it talks about wrestling. So the kind of fight that he has that we have to fight is a wrestle. It's not, it's not like a battle where you're shooting arrows at somebody at a distance. It's you are wrestling. You know that wrestling thing where you're kind of in a circle and then the idea of the, your opponent is to get you out the circle. It's that kind of wrestle. It's deeply personal. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You are strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So where does the enemy get on? Get in to our hearts in the wrestle. Because there comes a moment in the wrestle where you stop believing, where you stop trusting that God has said who you are and you know who he is. There's a moment in the fight where you think, actually, I'm fighting God here. And he says, what I want you to do is I want you to be clothed for that battle. I want you to know six things about this. The enemy, friends, will get in if you give him a chance. That's why he says twice in the text, put the full armor of God on. The full armor. If you leave a piece off, that's where he's going to get in. You leave the breastplate of righteousness off and you go into a battle with doing something for God. Before you know it, you're being accused that actually you're not good enough, you're never gonna achieve much. Put the breastplate of righteousness back on so that you know that in Christ I am qualified. You see, in Christ I have everything I need to fight this battle. Don't lie to me, enemy. If you go into a battle and you've left truth behind, you know that Jesus said this. I'm completely jumping around my notes here now. 
In John 8, 31, he said, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you're not fighting in truth and with truth, you're not free. You've got to know when you're not free, if you're encumbered, you're wearing somebody else's armor. Or whatever it is, you've got something, you're living in deception. You're living whatever. If you're not free, you're not going to be free to fight and wrestle. In that wrestle, you need to be free. And you need to know the Father's smile is on you and he's backing you. And go, my boy, you can do this. Wrestle. I'm with you. I've got you. I want to remind you, you're in a battle. And if you're called to lead in any form or fashion, right now you are in a battle. If you don't put this, these, these pieces of armor on, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna begin to think that God's against you. So what he does, he gives them this armor so that we can always keep the high ground. You see, it's standing. And this is the thing that I, I, I've come to realize with this text. The armor of God, often what we do is we spend all our energy praying the armor of God on. Just to put the armor on. When that's what we have in Christ, in the new covenant. What he wants us to do is he wants to remind us that we are clothed with this armor so that when we pray, when we stand, and pray on all occasions with all prayers and requests. When we do that, we do that with faith and boldness. We don't stand at the bottom of a mountain trying to, put, trying to climb to the top. Then finally we get to the top, oh, I've got my armor on, and we're too exhausted to do anything. No, no, no. In Christ, you are clothed. Remember, you are clothed. Now, when you stand up to pray, you are a roaring lion ready to pray in the Spirit of God. You're not praying from the back foot. You're praying in the spirit, with the spirit. You're suddenly on high ground and suddenly you've got a vista and a view over all things. You're not looking up a mountain trying to clamor up and the darts are coming at you and the faith, the shield of faith and you're trying to put all these things on. I wanna remind you today that you are in a battle and God has clothed you with power from on high so that you can fight this battle, primarily, might I add, in prayer. You don't win a spiritual battle with by physical means. I want to remind you, church, this is so basic. But we forget it. You fight from the place in which you have ultimate authority, seated with Christ in heavenly realms. You don't fight here. You fight here, you're going to get a hiding. You, you take on this armor and you realize who God is and who, what he's called me to be. And you can begin to pray with faith. Friends, when we put a, a Thursday night prayer meeting in the calendar, that is not for fun because that's what churches do. We put that in the calendar because we expect to take ground. We expect things to move because you're not gonna move it outside of this dynamic relationship with God where you are declaring his purposes and, and finding out what he wants done. You're not gonna do it any other way. You're not gonna win this battle. You win this battle from where you're seated so that on earth you can stand. You're seated in heaven, on earth you stand and you pray and you declare and you live. The six things, before I go there, I've just seen them. 
You know, Christian counseling, friends. So the therapeutic movement, back in the day, I don't know if I said this before, I've been talking about being born again. New source, new start and a new source. You see, when we stand and pray, we always remember, we, always start, we, we stand again with a new start. There's a new start. The mercies are new every day in Jesus. You never stand with condemnation when you put your faith in him and you begin to move and change what you need to change. And you understand you've got a new power from on high, so you stand and you, and you live and you move with that power. So what's happened over time, we've been born again. So over time, 20 years ago, when you mentioned the word psychologist, half the church was, oh, the devil. I can tell you now, today, it's only psychology and forget about the truth of Jesus that sets you free. It's all therapeutic and psychological. And it is that. So it's not there and it's not there. It's here. Keep it here. Trevor Noah, keep it here. <laughs> not here and here. Here you've been given a new start and you've been born again with the power from on high. Now you begin to fight. Christian counseling, friends, is reminding people of the armor that they have. Because you cannot win their battles for them. They need a revelation of truth. They need a revelation of righteousness. They need a revelation of faith. They need a revelation of the stuff. Otherwise, you're never gonna win your battles. We've got to come back to Jesus. We've got to come back to Jesus. He is the front and center. He is the one that delivers. It's his truth that sets us free. So Christian counseling, actually what we're doing when we're counseling people, I've got no other means to tell you, to give you, unless it's this. Are you living in truth? Do you understand the righteousness that you have in Christ? Do you understand the gospel of peace? The gospel that brings peace. Do you understand faith is the shield? Have you got your shield up? Why are you lacking faith? Why, what's happening? The sword of the spirit, have you, are, you, are, you, are you warring with the word of God and the words of God, the promises of God over your life? Are you taking hold of that? Or are you just forgetting it now? That's what we do. That's the only thing I know how to do. The gospel. Jesus, the kingdom. That's what counseling is meant to do for us. So he gives us these six things. Truth. Truth. We want to know the truth. If we're telling lies and we're living in untruth, you're never going to be free. Come clean. Don't have skeletons in the closet. But it's also the truth of Jesus. The truth that is in the scriptures. Truth. If you know me, my truth will set you free. Truth. I can't spend too much on these. I just want to mention them. Righteousness. Righteousness gives you the confidence when the accusations come. I'm righteous in Christ because of the blood of Jesus. The gospel of peace, it says feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Readiness there is the word foundation or prepared. So the gospel of peace is the thing that you stand. So you've got to stand. The thing you stand on 
is the good news that comes from the gospel of peace. Do you remind, remember that you've been born again? A new start and a new source. Don't tell me all of this has happened. Yes, all this has happened and we need healing from all of the past. But Jesus is giving you a new start. Ask him how to deal with the past in a, in a powerful way. And be free from it. It's a firm footing from which we stand. What about faith? Faith is this, faith is this thing that takes you through the fire. Shield of faith. Shield of faith. Can I just, why don't you just put that shield of faith up quickly? This is what I said to the home group on Tuesday. So that's a typical Roman shield. See how big it is. Just about covers your whole body. But if you look at those pictures, what's incredible to see? Because I kind of get you know that the shield is there to help you. You know, the greatest enemy of the Roman army was a formation called the phalanx or phalanx. It was when all those shields came together like that, that they were able to move and be protected from, on all sides from everything. You see, friends, faith, the shield of faith is not just you and your ace. Not just you and your own. The shield of faith is actually pulled together when we all lock shields together and we begin to move forward together with the shield of faith, taking ground. When the enemy comes, we lock shields together. It doesn't matter what they come, it's an immovable thing because they're together and locked in with the shield of faith. Your faith is encouraged by being with each other. To this morning was amazing because we were singing, it was restoring and it was bringing faith into our hearts. We're declaring what God is and it was like our armor was being put on us to move forward for the rest of the week. And we keep on having to be renewed with that all the time. Gives you an eternal perspective, faith, salvation, sorry. The next one is salvation. The helmet of salvation. It's the hope of what you have. What you've got now is not for the rest of your life. Because the rest of your life is eternal life. What you have right now is just until you die. But morbid Stan, yes, I know it seems like that. But listen, this is the, 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 the salvation, the hope of salvation is that we're ready for eternity. Although you, for a little while, your faith may be tested like gold and be purified like gold for a little while, for now, but ultimately, we've got hope for more. And we've got hope in this life, but we ultimately, we've got hope for the next life. What about the Spirit of God, the sword of the Spirit? It's amazing that it's a sword, not a spear of the spirit it's a sword because it's close combat yeah the enemy gets into our hearts and into our heads friends that's the battlefield of the enemy be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power yes I can be that but man when the enemy comes with all his nonsense and starts telling me things and lying to me about people and myself what happens is I've got to take out the sword and I've got to trust God for what, he's, what he said in his scriptures and what he said about me in terms of the words that he's spoken over my life. You see this battle is won in prayer friends. Are we praying? Are we trusting God? If we're not praying, what we're saying inadvertently 
is that we've got the strength to fight this battle on earth. I want to tell you, you have not. You've got the fight, you've got the strength to fight the battle from on top of the hill, from a heavenly perspective, and begin to partner with God and declare his purposes and see his kingdom come. And from that place, we begin to act and move and live and have our being, etc. It's not without action, but it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. My daughter has, I think there's another picture there of a soldier kneeling down or something, but I love that picture. Fully clothed before the Father. You're in a battle. Don't try to fight it any other way. Remember what you have in him. I gave my, my daughter turned 21 this, this year and I gave her a ring. And on the back of the ring was inscribed these letters. Those are the letters on the back of her ring. You know what that stand for? You must know What's the first one? Huh? Remember. Sorry, got confused there for a moment. This is what it says. Remember whose you are and who you are. She she's, tells me that she never takes that off. And I hope she always remembers who she is and whose she is. She is part of the Phipps family, but she's also part of the Jesus family. And she has special benefits belonging to both and special responsibilities belonging to both. But she can never forget when she goes out into the world who she is and whose she is. And it's almost like, it's almost in my mind, it's like part of the armor that I'm giving her. That when she lives her life, that's the armor of God for her, from me. It kind of encapsulates all of this, I hope. But I want to challenge us. What ring are you wearing? What's inscribed on your heart? You know who you are and whose you are. If you do not know Jesus, if you do not know Jesus, you need to know him. You need to give your life to him. You need to put your hands up and surrender and bend your knee and say, God, I'm not worthy to know you, but thank you for dying for me. Thank you that I can become the righteousness of God right now. That everything in my past is forgiven, completely forgiven. A new start. And I'll begin to live my life now by the Spirit of God and I'll walk with the Spirit of God, step in step with the Spirit of God from a new power from on high. If that's you, you need to do that this morning. Don't walk out of here without doing it. You're in a fight. You can't avoid it. Let's, this is a battle we must fight and we have to win, friends. I want to remind you of this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys.